I'm your inner dream monologue and you're fast asleep. So I'll be quick. Great job using the Colgate Optic White Overnight Teeth Whitening Pen before bed. When used as directed, it gives you a visibly whiter smile in just seven days. So while I fly and talk to animals, you're removing teeth stains with ease. Sweet dreams. And when you wake up, keep on living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Dr. Luck. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Welcome, everybody. Another edition of Dr. Homebrew. And we have uh, at least one beer uh, to drink today, possibly two. I don't know. We're going to figure it out on the fly because it's what we do over here. And then uh, I'm going to regale everybody with uh, stories about homebrewing again. It mm. sounds really, really fucking boring, but, you know, it might be an interesting conversation uh, for anybody who has been listening to the show uh, who hasn't homebrewed in a while. I just want to talk about, uh, well, about yeah, I mean, when you, what I'm doing, you, get, right now, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, we all, we all got that bug, you know, at one point in our lives and really had it to be this far into it. I mean, doing shows about it, of course, but like, as you, if you <laughs> yeah. take a step back from it or you have kids or, you know, um, life takes you, you different do. places and sometimes you miss it, but you feel like, Oh, can I go back to that? Exactly. Exactly. Burn as much as with I me, did. <laughs> with me as always is Brian Cooper and Brian Shar, welcome boys. Hello. Thanks for, thanks for coming back on this fine uh, evening to talk about some beer. And we're going to uh, drink more of Colin's beer. You might remember Colin from the last show. Uh, a 3D, whatever that is, I don't know. And uh, frankly, I don't even care. It's, it's very that? late, late evening on the on the East Coast at this point, And it might soon be tomorrow there. So <laughs> That's true. That's yeah. how time works. Uh, before we get to all of that, though, I do want to thank our sponsor, Five Star Chemicals. You go to fivestarchemicals.com and let them be the crux of your cleaning and sanitizing regime. Regimen? Regime? Both. Either way. Process. How about that? Uh, let them be the heart and the cornerstone of your brewery, your home brewery, because really it's the best way to clean and sanitize your home brewing equipment is to use Five Star Chemicals. Don't let anybody else tell you anything else. These other fly-by-night podcasts, they don't know anything. We only, we're the only ones who know anything. Some people say that other people don't know anything. I would never say that, but I'm just saying. Might not know the difference between regimen and regime, but we're getting there. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know knowledge. Uh, anyway, fivestarchemicals.com. Um, <laughs> my apologies for my cool uh, thing. Anyway, Colin, what's up, dude? Welcome back. Glad to be back. Uh, what are we drinking? The 3D. What is that? The Czech Dark Lager. Czech Dark Lager. Get out your 3D glasses and drink yeah, this beer. Exactly. This is my 3D glass. Exactly right. Uh, I don't know what you're hiding. That you had to be all, you know, you had to, to make up code words for this. But uh, Czech mm. Dark Lager. Have we had one of these before? I feel like we've had one on the show before. I'm trying to remember. I don't, I don't recall it. 
uh, CDL, man. I don't know. It's it's uh, yeah. Might have been when Keith was in the second seat here. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. It just sounds familiar. But anyway, uh, is this something you made before? I've done Schwartzbeer a couple times. This is the first time doing the Czech version of it. Okay, is that all that is, you guys? Just the Czech version of a Schwartzbeer? No, not exactly. It's they're similar, but yeah. they're not the same. Come on, Colin. I was gonna I'm s- gullible, dude. Don't fucking don't fuck with me. Okay, so a Schwartzbeer uh, maker decides Cooper. to make a Czech dark lager. <laughs> and, uh, Go ahead and start <laughs> us off with this beer, please. And the train is leaving for Prague at approximately eleven forty-five p.m. Um, yeah. What time does it get there, and what kind of beer does it make? Cooper, uh, let's start us on this beer. Uh, <laughs> okay. I get all my cats in a row. I got to get all of them herded. That beer had a strong hiss when I opened it. I want to say, like, it was, yeah. like, blasting. Um, and look at the head. If For those of you watching on Facebook Live, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. It's up there. It throws up a nice, a nice big, uh, creamy looking head. But we'll get That's to appearance right there. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Nice. It's it's hard to get that level of carbonation in a bottle. And well done there. So, um, aroma wise, medium low, dark bread crust like malt aroma. With kind of a, a light grainy impression to it. It's it's not sweet seeming. Uh, getting a low spicy floral hop little noble hop thing in there um no dms or diacetyl it's clean the fruity esters are not 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 poking through here it's it's a a nice nicely lagered profile um getting a hint of some coffee like malt richness um but yeah it's it's really clean and 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 uh, inviting aroma just a little bit um maybe more more rich than I, i might expect but that's um not not necessarily in a bad way. So appearance wise, it's a rich dark brown. Seems to have good clarity, but it's it's pretty hard to see through. Uh, at the corners, yeah, you can see it's pretty clear, and even the edges of the glass, you can see through it. A little kind of a burgundy highlight in there when you shine it right out of light. But uh, uh, that you know, as I said, the head just pours a nice uh, medium full head of mostly fine bubbles, creamy, and and it persists quite well like kind of a tan color and uh, yeah so full points for appearance again um flavor wise the malt comes across first um the notes of dark bread and and some moderate kind of coffee like maybe not quite to roast but but heavily rich malt um overall so um finish is pretty dry Clean lager profile again is obvious here. Uh, it's just nice, and you know the esters are restrained. Um, the hops are a bit buried here in the flavor. Um, I think this sample is probably a little colder than the one I judged last night. So the, the the one I judged last night, or the, no, three nights ago, I guess now, but had a little kind of roastiness to it in the flavor. So, um, but yeah, it's. I get a little bit. Uh, a little bit yeah. Yeah, not much. A little edge to it. Um, yeah, it's coming up. As it warms up, I'm going to warm up with my hands a little bit and see what we get. But um, very low hop bitterness. The bitterness is out of the way, and that's fine. Shouldn't be a big bitter bum. Uh, low spicy hop flavor. Overall, it's balanced with the malt, and it's smooth. Um, I would say it's not not too acidic, and it, it, it is um, 
it is when it starts out um, cooler. It, it's uh, it's nice. You know, to, to be fair, these beers are probably usually drank fairly cool. They're not like served at you know British pub temperature. Uh, you know, you get a cold bottle of Czech dark lager, and and that's what you get. And you you drink it, and it might warm up as you're going, but um, you know, it should never be too biting or, or harsh. It's going to be smoothly malty, some richness, some dark fruit. I'm not getting a lot of any like plum or raisin or anything in there, but it, you know, it, it's mostly kind of a nice base malt, dark bread with some with the a little bit of roasty, chocolatey element to it. And in a way, it is kind of reminiscent of a Schwartz beer to me. Um, yeah, absolutely, just because that's it's like all there's not a lot in the middle. It's that the, the bread and then a little roast and rich, you know, kind of at the end and uh it's restrained enough but it's 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 there it's pretty it's poking out a bit um mouthful is medium bodied um i'd say it's not very creamy but it's just a hint of a little bit of a bite to it uh possibly some astringency there um from the the darkest roast malts uh not getting any real alcohol warmth here carbonation is medium high um and that could be also what's contributing to it being just a little more biting, but it's, you know, I think the, the carbonation is actually a pretty good place for the beer. It shouldn't be flat or too undercarbonated. So you want to, you know, want to have some of that in there for sure. Um, overall, say this is nicely lagered, uh, uh, check dark lager. The roast and the coffee coming through just a bit too richly for my taste for the beer. I want it to just kind of be just a little sweeter and have more of a balance to that, the dark bread malt and less towards the chocolate and the roast and the, or the whatever else is in there. But um, the, the richest dark malts, I would pull those back just a touch, lighten those up. And uh, especially anything that's kind of tending towards roastiness. Um, perhaps try to leave a trace more sweetness to accent that, the, the um, uh, you know, so some of the fruity, fruity malt flavors can poke through in the middle. Um, I'd like just a little bit more of that sweetness, but uh, overall, it's still very drinkable and a great job overall. I, I would give it a 35 in a competition. It's a good solid 35. Very good nice. beer. Not too bad. All right, Char. All right. Yes, uh, master, baby. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Check Dark Lager. Uh, this is a very tasty beer. I had to look this up in the BJCP style guidelines and essentially – uh, they characterize this as like a Munich Dunkel or a Schwartz beer that's like a little little more oomph in terms of malt and, and hops. And that's ultimately what I thought this was. I really liked it. Uh, I hope, like Brian, I can go hang out in Prague for a few days someday. That'd be <laughs> freaking awesome. And then I'll be a little more knowledgeable about this. And I know what I'll be doing with at least some of my time in, in Prague. Uh, aroma. Uh, aroma is richly malty with... Uh, notes of cola and dark bread and yeah maybe i talked myself into cola from reading the the style guidelines because you know it's the way that senses can be you can talk yourself into things then i was smelling just a hint of, of hazelnut and i looked back like, before i looked back at the descriptors and can can be nuts but all right hey i picked one out without being told it was hazelnut just just a hint right this is not like a hazelnut uh a porter or something crazy like that. But I get just a very, maybe a hint of a hazelnut note there. Yeah. Uh, I didn't get any roast aroma, uh, no hop aroma, no off aromas. Uh, overall, I really liked that. That was nine out of 12. 
uh, appearance. Uh, it's clear as much as you can tell in a dark beer. Color is dark brown. Uh, the head is medium size and long lasting, kind of a light to medium brown color. Three out of three. Uh, flavor uh, initially is a dark malt, uh, kind of chocolatey and bread crusty, like the aroma. Medium bitterness balances uh, in mid palate. Uh, I think the maltiness goes back to taking center stage into a long finish. Uh, some low spicy hop flavor kind of comes out in the finish. This isn't supposed to be a super hop flavor beer, but I, I get a little little spiciness there in the, the end. Uh, it's well attenuated, no off flavors, 15 out of 20. Uh, Mouthfeel, five out of five, medium body, kind of medium low carbonation. Uh, very slight warming, I noted, but I also noted I hadn't eaten dinner yet. So that might have been why I got a little bit of warming out of this. Uh, creamy, not astringent. Uh, overall impression, 9 out of 10 for a 41 out of 50. Uh, this is like a richer Schwartz beer. And I like Schwartz beer a lot. Uh, but this is like just a little bit little bit bigger Schwartz beer. Uh, no technical flaws. Uh, if I were going to do anything to change this, I might... Uh, maybe add a little more aroma hop. It's not required, but like a little a little bit of spicy aroma might, uh, uh, yeah. it's one of those things that's not required, but it doesn't hurt if it has it. But it's also tricky because if it's too much, then it's going to be like, whoa, this shouldn't be like a super hop aroma beer. Yeah. But maybe just adding a little bit of aroma hops might, might help this pop a little more. But yeah, 41 out of 50, uh, that's excellent. And I really enjoyed it, and I plan on drinking the rest of this bottle. So, thank you for sharing. Yeah. I, I I'll say I, I enjoyed it uh, more when it was a little colder, and um, but I would I would also say to Brian's point of um, you know it, yes it, it should be a little a little richer <clears throat> version of like a either a, a Munich Dunkel or Schwarzbier kind of in that range. I the ones I tasted there were more towards the. In, you know, kind of in between or more towards the Munich, Munich Dunkel range. Um, well, kind of in between, not, not mm -hmm. Schwartz beer, but not, but the, most of the malt flavor was kind of in the, the middle uh, mm -hmm. and just uh, not, not roasty, but just richness kind of. And I mean, some of my tasted there might've, you know, were, were cans that you, I bought on the street and it might've been <laughs> sitting there forever. I don't uh, know, but you know, uh, they said on ice blocks on carts, you know, walk by mm -hmm. and grab, oh, yeah, give me a, you know, yeah, crucifix or whatever, you know, and and uh, and they're good. Um, but we also did um, when I was there. We went. We did the the walking beer tour of Prague, and so Ooh. they took us to the oldest brewery in Prague and the newest brewery in Prague, and all this walking tour. And and it mentions in the style guidelines that Ufleku uh, mm. Brewery has been operating Prague since 1499. We when we tasted it there, yeah, that, that's the the daddy, and uh, it was more of that warm kind of richly malty. Uh, not too richly, but just like a nice, smooth drinking, clean lager, nice and malty, but not not pushing the roasty edge too much. So, yeah. I mean, that's my memory of it. It's been, t you know, 10, 12 years. But uh, anyway, it's... it's I, I um, defer to your experience. Even though Ushleku was only 520 years old, uh, <laughs> I defer to your experience. <laughs> well, let's talk to Colin a little bit about his recipe and how he came about it and uh, all that kind of fun stuff. Colin, what's yeah. going on with this beer? Yeah, so I've, I've only had a few here and there, uh, and again, who knows how old. So I was just kind of yeah. going to have to, the style guidelines, and they're kind of all over the place. 
So <laughs> there's yeah, lots of interpretation. A lot, a lot of range and interpretation. That's something I read too. And maybe I'm being too picky about it because it's a really clean beer. That's all I will say. Yeah. So go ahead. Uh, yeah. I, I really liked it. And I was just kind of at a loss. It's like it's really good, but it's not perfect. So I was, I don't know what to do different, I guess, is kind of the main uh, feedback of what I was hoping. But I can run through the recipe if you guys. Yeah, run like the that. recipe. Let's see, what, yeah. see what's going on over there. Okay. So uh, it's Vireman uh, Bohemian Dark Malt. So that's basically a Czech Munich. Um, so it's four and a half pounds or 38%. And then uh, Vireman Bohemian Floor Malted Pilsner at 5.5 pounds, which is like 47%. Uh, a pound of Midnight Wheat at eight and a half percent. And then three quarters of a pound of Care Munich 2 at 6%. Midnight Wheat, eight something percent? Eight and a half. Okay. That seems a little high. And no, no Vienna or Munich in there? Uh, well, the Bohemian Dark is or the, is kind okay, of the Bohemian Dark is like a Munich key version. Yeah, okay, got it. Uh, and then fermented with uh, YEs 2278, the Czech pills. Uh, I pitch about 2 million cells. I, I tend to pitch high on the loggers. Uh, pitched it at 46 until Krausen and then hit 50 and then bumped it up kind of toward the end uh, just to kind of do the rest type thing. Um, so OG was 53, uh, final gravity was 15. So the yeast took, took a hot minute and it didn't quite attenuate as well mm. as I would have expected. So I, they weren't quite as happy. So, it, which I'm glad to hear it was dry enough. That's kind of what I was wondering. So that's good. What, what was your hot bill? Uh, so I bittered with Magnum. So I did, uh, 0.78 ounces. So like 25 IBUs at 60 minutes. And then I did half an ounce of Haller Tower at 15 and then half an ounce at zero. Okay. So just, uh, just a little, I'll probably use Saz. I don't, looking back, I don't know why I used Haller Tower as opposed to Saz. Mm. Who knows? Well, why not? It's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> noble um, hops and noble hop. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, really. As far as water goes, um, mash pH was 5.2. Uh, sodium was 25 ppm. I'm sorry, 14 ppm. Sulfate was 32, chloride was 16. Okay. I, I would uh, I would back off the midnight wheat and 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 bring up more of a the a Vienna Munich kind of component in there. They bring okay. up the warmth of those middle rich malts and uh, back off that the roasting impression just a little bit. It's it's nice the way it is. It's rich and it's more like a a really rich Schwartz beer that's pushing that line towards roasty um but yeah but you're you're right that's sort of what i was thinking too there there is something in the in the middle that it, i don't want to say falls flat but falls flat it just it kind of it's there there's like a caramely kind of nice richness but then it sort of it, it sort of buttons itself up it doesn't really carry through to the roast at the end there's like a gap between the mid palate and the roastiness at the end and i think, yeah, I think right. if you bring that midnight wheat down a little bit Maybe even I don't I don't I don't know enough about the style to say completely, but bring it down and then boost that middle with maybe some crystal malts or something. I don't really know, um, but I think you could I think you could you could you could eke out some more richness out of this. And I think that's what you're looking for, Colin. Right? Like that sort of level of like maybe is that the component that you were saying that may be missing? I haven't had enough to know what they're really supposed yeah, to no. taste like. Yeah, so. I have no idea either, man. Um, yeah. You can use some dark caramel malts in there to get that richness too. A little bit of, you know, C120 or C80 or something in there to, to boost that. 
the carbonation yeah. is definitely a factor too. So I accidentally, yeah. I, I bottled some and then forgot to turn the CO2 back up. And so I pulled some and the carbonation was way low and it was a completely different beer. So I do have it spiked pretty up and it, it kind of dries it out and gives it a little bite, which yep. I tend to like, but I bet it would be a completely different beer if it were yeah. less carbonated. Sure. I agree. Absolutely. And, and yeah. Pulling back the darkest malt too is going to let the hop shine through a little bit more too. Yeah. There should be a little more hop to malt balance. Okay. It's, what it's, was it's, your what was your mash temperature? I mashed at one fifty. Okay. Yep. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Everything's good. Um, so you kind of talked about biasing yourself reading the style guidelines. I swear there's like a violet or grape or some kind of berry something in there because it talks mm. about it in the style guidelines. <laughs> and everyone I've had try it says you're crazy, that's not in there, but and I've I've, I actually bought a full sack of the the uh, Bohemian Dark and the Four Malted Pilsner, and I brewed other beers with those malts, and I still smell it in those. So I, don't, I don't know what it is, but well, you, if you smell it, you smell it. Yeah. Whether whether you've talked yourself into it or yeah. or not, and that's that's a perception that you have, and the fact that you perceive that across different beers you make means that it's that may be a real thing. Yeah, there's like there's it. some malt fruitiness to it there. It's not yeah, yeah it's it's uh, it's not a yeast derived ester. There's something something a little berry like in there for sure. So the the uh, I did a check amber with basically 100 percent of the Bohemian dark, and that's where I noticed it. So I'm assuming that's where yeah. it's coming from. Can you taste it when you chew the malt, or I mean, is it? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Of, yeah, yeah, interesting. I'd love to get a hold of some of that. I've never, I mean, you're, you're choosing some really fun ingredients to play with here. So yeah, I, I was just yeah, for sure on, on fireman's website, look around. I'm like, Oh, but you mean dark and local brewery here in town ordered me a sack. So oh, okay, nice. I'll give it a shot. That's Sweet. cool. Have What's the brewery? Friends. Yep. <laughs> What's the brewery name? Uh, Thomas Creek. Thomas Creek. Oh, okay, cool. Nice. Yeah. Give me a little shout out. I mean, oh, yeah. they're there. Yep. Yeah. Now all, all the other there. brewers in his town will be hitting them up. Hey? <laughs> <laughs> You told Colin that you would do it for him, and now, <laughs> yeah, I know Colin. <laughs> anyway, uh, um, well, well, do you have anything else? Uh, I'm, I'm glad you guys liked it. It, it kind of gives me some areas to kind of poke around to see what I can do to change it. I haven't sent it to any other competitions or anything. I was just kind of curious. Yeah, I liked it too. I mean, I think I think everyone's spot on. Uh, I think you're like three fourths of the way there. It yeah, sounds weird, but like it's, yeah, you're just you're you're right there, and I think you're right, Colin. You you seem to have like a good a good handle on on what your what you think your beers need, especially for what you like, but also to style. I'm assuming right. you're trying to hit the style, not necessarily just brew what you want. Yeah, and right, and yeah, you you you, you kind of have it. There's there's a missing link, but without enough uh, examples of the style, it's hard to fit that piece in. So. Right. Uh, but it's but, it's good. I mean, like the guys have said, there's nothing inherently wrong with the fermentation. Um, how long did you lager it? Did you say? Uh, it took about a month to ferment, and then it, I I basically put it in a keg, put it in the fridge on gas, and let it sit for a month before I tap it. So great. It's about two months. Cool. Yeah. Perfect. It's good to be a, a yeast wrangler too, and keep that yeast happy and pitch pitch a lot of salt, especially with those lagers. Just to, you know, yeah for a five gallon get a quart of really happy slurry or more and just go with it and go in there um yeah so now's the point where we have to decide what else to do with this show right well we're gonna take a break we're gonna take a break okay 
Brian. We take a break. And then um, we're going to figure it out. So actually, you know what, Colin? We, we have another beer from you. It, it seems like a waste to just not judge it. Let's go for it. So why don't we, why don't we take a break? If you're going to be up already, I mean, what are you doing? Yeah. Gaming? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> um, uh, let's, he let's might be about to embark on a World of Warcraft quest. Man. Shut up, Brian. <laughs> uh, just bullshit a little bit about uh, home brewing and uh, just have a good time. But we're going to drink. What is this uh, beer? This this uh, extra beer? American Strong Ale. American Strong Ale. Okay. Isn't that uh, Arrogant Bastard? Yes. Ish? Yeah, yeah. Or Super Hoppy right. Red, depending on. Yeah. That's no, true. Okay. Um, all right. Let's take a quick break, everybody, and we'll see you on the other side. This is Dr. Homebrew. And, uh, you know, whatever. I don't know. Enjoy yourself. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Now serving patient number 189. Number 189 to the counter, please. Now back to Dr. Homebrew. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for sticking around. We still have Colin on the line, and we're going to drink his American Strong Ale. Right? Did I, did I go brain dead and forget, or that's it, nope, right? that's it. You got it. Y2B. 22B. So, like every other question I ask, Colin, is this something you've made before? Uh, this is my third iteration. Okay. So, when you're making them, what, what have you been changing? What have you been tweaking out? So, the first one, I didn't do low oxygen very well, so the hot flavor died in about 24 hours. <laughs> the first 24 hours, it was great, and then it just died. I couldn't figure it out. And then, uh, actually, the Hop and Bruce podcast... Uh, got to learn some techniques in there. I'm actually able to keep hop flavor. So uh, it's, I like this style because to me, it's balancing a lot of really intense flavors. Like you got the sweetness, the bitterness, the hops, the malt, and trying to balance all of those at a high level. And so it's really just kind of trying to play with the, with all of those working together at the same time. Yeah. Marry all this stuff. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a challenge. Yeah. Like that's, I, I'm not good at subtlety. So subtle balanced beers, I don't really care for. I like the really in your face stuff. So. Okay. All right. Well, this is this is that style. Yeah. That's okay. interesting. So we're just opening this. It, for me, the the initial hit off the aroma is pineapple. Okay. Okay. I'm getting resiny, like resiny hop. Nice, no. and it's it's hanging in there. No pineapple. You're wrong, Brian. Okay. You're wrong. You're actually both Pine- right. So pineapple pizza. No, there's no pizza. The pizza <laughs> aroma pizza, is low. Yeah, no. Your marinara is not is not there's not enough oregano in it. But otherwise it's yeah. uh it's fine. So, so dark dark caramel marinara, no, not marinara. Um <laughs> resiny hops. Um a little grapefruity edge to the hops, like a nice citrusy, funky, grapefruity, resiny, piney. Yeah. Pineapple-y? Maybe. Maybe. Let, let's do this. Uh, Colin, why don't you throw us out your recipe 
while we're sitting here evaluating because I don't want to just sit here and spend five minutes of silence while we're all trying to like just kind of word salad shit like yeah. we normally do. So uh, yeah, go ahead and let's just uh, mix this up a little bit. So I was going more toward like the really hoppy red kind of version of the style. So like uh, Red Rocket, the Bear Republic and that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, so I have red X malt. Uh, so nine pounds of that at about 44%. Uh, red X malt? Yes. Do you have yeah. to be 18 and older to buy it? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Uh, that's red triple X malt. Damn. Yes. Uh, they give it to you in a black plastic bag. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so then uh, uh, two row, eight and a half pounds, 41%. Special B, half pound, 2.4%. Care Ruby, one pound, 5%. Wheat malt, three quarters of a pound, 4%. Flaked wheat, three quarters of a pound, 4%. So that's the malt bill. Ah. And then the hot bill, get ready because it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so at 60 minutes, I did a quarter ounce of Columbus and an ounce of Chinook. At 10, 10 minutes, I did an ounce of Ella and an ounce of Saphir. At five minutes, I did an ounce of Ella and an ounce of Saphir. And then I did a hop stand. So what I do for hop stands is I actually have a, a sous vide. So like one of those immersion cooker things. So I cool it down to mm -hmm. about 185 and then stick that in there and let it swirl around at about 185 degrees for 20 minutes. And then I did uh, an ounce of Columbus, an ounce, of ounce and a half of Ella, ounce and a half of Saphir. And then I do dry hop. So I let the beer ferment out and then um, pressure transfer it into a, a, a sealed keg and then with the hops in it and then do just do three days. So I did two ounces of Chinook, two ounces of Columbus and an ounce of Laurel. Okay. So I have a, a few questions. What is Ella hops? Never heard of it. Ella is an Australian hop. It's kind of crossed with a noble. So it's kind of okay. got the floral, but tropical Australian thing going on. Okay. And then um, with your sous vide uh, issue, what, what, what kind of a, what, what, is, what do you have? Like what's so your, it's what the Anova sous vide. Just okay. buy it off Amazon. Nothing. I got is it a, a wand or is it the, yeah. Yeah. the wand? So yeah. you're basically trying to do kind of a whirlpool with yeah. keeping it at a high, high enough temp that you're yeah. getting some extraction of the hop uh, yeah. uh, characteristics in there. Are, are you agitating it while you're doing that or? So the sous actually has a little fan in it. So it kind of okay. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's a really cool Ooh. idea. Yeah. It's really so, tight. You guys honestly should get one. Uh, it's a great way to make steaks. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's really the best. Um, so, okay. So you're doing what? five gallon batch six yeah. gallon. okay okay that makes a lot of sense and that's your hop stand you said that's you just sort of like yeah rest. whirlpool hop stand whatever you want to call it okay yeah it. so it's right. not quite swirl enough for a whirlpool i would say but but close enough okay um yeah fermented with ye 1728 that's just kind of a house strain i use pitch at 65 and then 68 once krausen hits um mass ph was five four uh, sodium was 25 ppm, sulfate was 150, chloride was 44. What was your uh, OG? OG was 84. Okay, what was your final gravity? 16, so it's 81% attenuation. Wow. That's nice and dry, yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, it's, dry. Not, it's got enough, enough sweetness, though, and the caramel, the rich, the 120C is, is kind of popping out some nice uh, sweet flavors in there. That make it don't it doesn't seem like it's so dry. 
it's it's very boozy to me. I get like a lot of warming and uh, not boozy in the sense of fusel, but I do get like a like an ethanol, like a sweet ethanol character to this. And mm-hmm. it's that's why I thought maybe the, I was asking about the OG and Final Gravity. I thought maybe this was even a bigger OG. Uh, and it may be that the uh, the sheer amount of hops at the bitterness is giving me a greater perception of the ethanol than is actually there. So the ethanol is not harsh, but it's it's definitely present. And the hops may be kind of amplifying what's there. And that in combination with this being, you know, the fourth beer of the show, <laughs> maybe that has a lot to do with why I'm feeling some warming. Maybe. <laughs> feeling good, man. So it's it right at 9%, so high, but not, okay. not crazy high. Right. I'm actually tasting it next to my, my kick-your-own-ass ale from the, the kegerator over there here in my garage. Uh-huh. And it's... Um, Yours, I think yours is actually a little hoppier, uh, probably quite a bit hoppier. Okay. It's got a lot of the, the whirlpool. You pulled out a lot of nice uh, flavors, and I, I'm mine is all all Chinook. So like your okay. your hop variety is also pushing a lot of different flavors in there. I'm also likewise not familiar with the Ella, mm-hmm. um, nor the what was that the weird malt you mentioned in there? It's a red uh, X, two rose something. Here, no, what was it? Uh, <laughs> it was after that, somewhere along the way. Uh, yeah, uh, ruby? Yeah, yeah, the ruby something. Oh, yeah. Ruby. ruby. Yeah, uh, I need to look that it's one like up. A, I don't know. It's a it's a Vireman, It's like twenty L crystal malt. Kind of. Okay. <laughs> okay. Any malt that sounds like a stripper name is probably got to be good. <laughs> <Kara Ruby. laughs> yeah, I got five pounds of Tiffany. Uh, it also <laughs> sounds like something like Jeffrey Dahmer might end up uh, brewing with. I don't know. Well, it'd be, it'd be five pounds of Blake. That yeah, one. that's a good point. Some of the malts, uh, beers I've had from Red X malt have just the Red X comes across in a harsh way to me. It's like biting and and just like this gritty red biting flavor, and and this doesn't have that to me. It's nice. The last version was the only change I made between the last version and this was a little bit more Red X. So <laughs> I think two or three pounds between a few percentage points between the two row and the Red X. Yeah, um, it's beautifully clear. You're doing a good job clarifying yeah. your beers. It's just mine. Nice. I didn't. I didn't put any clarifying agents. In. Mine. I think mine's probably a little darker. <laughs> you have a thicker, close. thicker vessel, thicker cup. I'm looking Whoa. at the. Uh, nice. uh, <laughs> well, that's yeah. Cool, dude. yeah. That's tight. <laughs> so, did you guys say it's balanced? I mean, it's what? What? What do you? That's the main thing I was kind yeah, of trying to figure I, out. I think it's. I mean, it's balanced, but I don't know, man. For me, I mean, I'm not like a, a, a giant aficionado of the style, but it's like the 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 almost tropical, like the tropical flavors and the sweetness from those malts and the bitterness doesn't, it sort of doesn't, doesn't match. It's like mismatched. It's balanced, but the flavors for me aren't, aren't, they don't hit, they hit different. If They're not yeah, complimentary. I, I, yeah, so a little I, bit. Yeah. It's, it's, you see what I'm saying? Because I, I definitely get like a, a pineapple, like a canned pineapple, like canned pineapple juice uh, flavor and aroma from, from. I'm imagining it's the Ella. I've never really smelled it in hops before. But Ella's more floral. Okay. okay. Um, yeah, At least to me, to me. There's something, there's something that doesn't work. You, you, I think you did a really good job with the recipe. As What's far the, as uh, balancing yeah. it in your your, your amount. but for if it was for me, I would I would 
more go back to the classic maybe sea hops or something for for like this if you want to be american strong ale i feel like you need the sea hops in there which there's a lot of uh, and a lot of chinook there's just yeah. other stuff too well then like the, 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 get rid of the other shit i don't know, <laughs> I don't know. what do you the, want the, from, <laughs> from the realistic shit I say there one talk about the saphir hop. That might be what's pushing some of that kind of the the citrusy tangerine like kind of thing in there, and that's that's nice to me. I don't think it's too tropical. What I want to say is, when I experiment with with a beer like this, I find that if you try to use things like um, citra, mosaic, and some of the you know the the tropically hops that you would use with a, a modern you know uh, juicy IPA they don't play as well with the richness and the boldness of the dark malts as something that's just kind of grab you by the balls, like Chinook, you know, like, or just something by the Columbus is great in here. I think that's awesome. Yeah. And I don't know, it's, it's a good blend to me. It, it works. It works pretty well. I can see a little bit of what JP's saying about, there's a little twist here that's pulling it in a different direction, but it's almost like candied lemon peel or some, something, it's just something different. And for me, uh, I, I just it's not a style that I gravitate towards, so it might just be like that's just it, it is what it is. Um, so you know, take that, enjoy- take that for what yeah. you it's tasty. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I go. think it, yeah. it expresses as more the like you said, the imperial red kind of a style as opposed mm-hmm. to the like let's just clone arrogant bastard, you know, yeah, which is hard to get just right, but it's you know, that maybe a little simpler in a way that it's a lot of. C120 and a lot of Chinook and there you go. But this is more, mm-hmm. has more finesse to it. Maybe you don't want finesse. I don't know, <laughs> but it's, well, it's good. I, I, I appreciate it. What would the ABV come out on this? Like uh, nine. Nine. Nine, nine. Okay. It's smooth for nine for sure. I think it, it, it is. I think if you're making this style at home and correct me if I'm wrong, Colin, but you're making it for you. Yes. You're not making it for style yes. because the style is sort of like, I don't know, man, it's strong and it's red or whatever, but um, I don't know. I, it, it seems like unlike your other beers, you're making it specifically for for your tastes. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I was trying to get dank, pine, and floral was kind of the, the hot notes that I was trying to hit. I don't get any of that. Okay. There's plenty of resin in here. What are you talking about? I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Resiny. But then the tangerine comes out on top of it a little bit. Then it, it it twists it. I don't know. I like it. I think it's good. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely well made. There's some sweetness in there too, from the, especially from the alcohol. It's it's probably, you know, it's fairly well attenuated, but the alcohol pushes a little sweetness, um, and it's smooth. But um, yeah, excellent, wow. fun. Well, There's thanks for sending it, man. I appreciate it. Kick your own ass. Yeah, I like little, it. Uh, hmm. Sign there. Hmm. <laughs> 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 Oh yeah, there literally it is. me kicking my own ass. There you go. <laughs> uh, all right, Colin. Well, we're just gonna bullshit for a little bit. So I mean, you're welcome to hang if you want to, or uh, you know, if you want to go to bed. Yeah, I kind of have to get up in a few hours, so probably. <laughs> I did. I, I did want to know. Yeah, what what got you into home brewing six years ago when you decided I'm gonna buy a kit and do this? What was well, the, what was the impetus there? So my brother had homebrewed and it seemed cool. And then I graduated college and moved to South Carolina, and I was like, oh, it's probably about time to buy a kit. So bought a um, a uh, just a standard uh, kit with malt extract and that stuff. Brewed it once, and I'm like, okay, I'm buying a mash tun. So. <laughs> I just took off from there. So, uh, 
this is basically kind of how my brain works. So uh, for work, I'm a metallurgist. So I deal with chemical yeah. chemistry and process control and all that good stuff. And that's exactly what homebrewing is to me. So yeah. like making my own spreadsheets and trying to tweak things down to the nth degree. That's just kind of how I yeah. operate. So yeah, it's people so that, go ahead, yeah. You're going to say the same sci- thing. science in the brain, you know, like we live near yeah. the, the Livermore national lab and like some of the best brewers come from there and like just microbiologists make great beer, you know, that metallurgist, you know, yeah. Hey, there you go. Exactly. Well, call it, Colin, do you know how to weld? Not very well. I can look at a weld and see if they did their <laughs> job right, but actually doing it, not so much. Yeah. That's where I'm at too. Yeah. That sucks. Or, no, hey, <laughs> yeah. Right. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's amazing how many, how many home brewers are, uh, process oriented people and how yeah. many do a really good job. They're, uh, they're engineers, they're metallurgists, they're scientists. You know what I mean? It's, it's crazy. Man. It's, uh, well, I mean, pa- Palmer's a like, metallurgist, right? Palmer's metallurgist. Jamil's like some sort of like engineer. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's a thing, man. It's a geeky it's thing. thing. The techies, <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm in the semiconductor industry, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Hey. <laughs> I, don't do I was shit. an aerospace engineer in a previous life. I'm nothing. I just talk. And so therefore my beer, my beer is just passable a lot like this show. Um, all right, Colin, we'll, we'll let you go, man. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. All right. Get That's out of here. Sure. Thanks, man. Thanks, yeah. Colin. All right. Well, Bye, send dude. you some arrogant bastard, uh, my arrogant bastard clone sometimes. Yeah, you should, you should send him some beer. A little beer swap for Rooney. Mine's cool. only 7 point, or, yeah, 7.2 or something like that, but it's closer so, to the AB. Would we call that the he kicked your ass ale? <laughs> you know, for style, you know, probably if you're trying to go like clone arrogant bastard and make it close to that, then maybe I'd win. But I don't know. It's you, not you a took, of- you took my quip a lot more seriously than I intended that. Oh, okay. Oh, yes. He did kick my ass a little bit with this 9% beer. There you are. No, I mean, I'm enjoying them both, and it's fun to do the side-by-side. He he actually mentioned it to me earlier when we were talking about, you know, getting ready for the show. So, But let's talk to JP. But JP, what what first got you into (laughs) homebrewing? Man, I don't even want to tell you. Mm. Um, Well, so here. So let me talk to you about homebrewing real fast. Um, I decided recently to get back into homebrewing. I haven't homebrewed a beer and I don't really remember the last time. It was definitely in this house, so definitely within the last three years. Uh, but like we were talking about at the break, Shar, uh, you know, you and I have the Pico system. Yeah. Excuse me. And you can't get into that fucking website to save your life. So I feel really bad yeah. for people who paid for their shit like you. But um, <clears throat> you can't get in. You can't, you can't get your recipes. You can't use the machine. I know there are like manual settings on that machine that you can sort of like you know, do the thing, but I'm superbly uninterested in learning that. I don't want to do that. I'm, I'm, that just blows me away. So if anybody oh, local so- in the Bay area wants my Pico, my, my, my Zymatic or my Pico C or my, or my still, let me know. Just come and get it. Get it out no. of my head. You're still able to use it, dude. I've used, I've no, used mine. Dude, I've, I've tried, I'm trying, I've tried to log into my, uh, huh. my account on their system. I cannot do it. It will not let me in. And I can't, you can't even, there's not even an option to reset your password. So there, it's a thing. So there are people, um, again, smart brewers, engineers who are uh, reverse engineering a, a system to use the Zymatic. It's like it would be an open source software. 
Yeah, like there's data and like you can't really do anything with it yet. You can just, I guess, pull recipes, but you can't change anything or make new recipes. And I'm like, I just don't want to sit and wait for it. So, yeah, I emailed Chris Graham at More Beer and I was like, hey, look, dude, um, what's the best like electric mash ton thing system out there? Because, uh, you know, Terrence has my my big system. He hasn't done anything with it. I don't during the pandemic. I don't want to go get propane tanks and worry about propane tanks and doing all that bullshit. So I'm like, let's just go as enclosed as possible. So, Chris, uh, uh, you know, I got the, the Bruzilla system, <laughs> which is Australian apparently, um, and it's pretty cool. I've only run water through it once, but um, it's it, it has a you know a, a false bottom and a mash pipe, they call it just an insert and then you pull that out and the, the all the work drains out and then you have to sparge you so you do have to sparge so it's un, it's not like the uh zymatic at all um so you do have to have like a separate vessel of water i haven't figured all that out yet and then um you know it has a pump system and it has two heating elements it's a 1500 watt system but you have a 500 watt switch and a thousand watt switch which is kind of cool, right? So if you just want yeah. like a, like a you know to like slowly heat something up, or if you want the burner on, I guess during your mash, while you're recirculating, you can do that. That sounds pretty cool. And the pump is like literally whisper quiet, like you can't hear it. Mm. You can definitely do it inside, unlike some of the other automated stuff where it's just like right. it's like a rock mm. polishing machine. Um, but anyway, I, I haven't used it yet, but I, I am sort of excited to get back into into home brewing, man. Uh, the the issues that I have getting back into it is sort of remembering all the bull crap and especially moving to a new setup. There's so many different gadgets now on the home brewing market. I don't know if you guys have experienced this either. I mean, I know when I was yeah. brewing, you sort of like you, you sort of taught what you're taught and you have your equipment and you make it work. It's very I think it's sort of for me it was very rare to like expand on that. Let me pick up this new thing that radically changes my setup. With this, I don't even know the uh, the water calculation <laughs> to, to figure out how much water I put in the dead space. I don't know anything about it, so I'm a little nervous. I'm a little gun shy with it, but uh, I'm I'm very excited to like start brewing a little bit again. Cool. Yeah, I was well, I, I was looking at maybe getting a, a grandfather or something, but I think that the uh, the Bruzilla, to the extent I've looked at stuff like that. It's the Bruzilla seems like it's maybe just a little more uh, uh, economically built, or maybe a little bit less complicated. Yeah, yeah. It. I it mean, it's. I. I don't know. Like I said, I've only run water through it. I'll try it again because uh, I want to get my calculations right before I. I start, but maybe not. I don't know. I was talking to Chris. And I'm like, what's my dead speed? What's my What's my What's my water to grain ratio? He goes, I don't know. Figure it out. You just got to try it. And he didn't say that. He said, just, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I just, at this point in my life, I just want to be told. What yeah. To and then just do it. Like, that's just, that's where I'm at. Well, if Graham says some, it's a good thing. You have some well, forums that have a good recipe for it. That you can just like do, okay, do. Okay. Give me a yeah. basic. Yeah. Munich Dunkle or something. And well, I'm going to do, do my it. oatmeal stout, I think, for the first one, because I know how that comes out. I know what it is. I just, I just need to like sit and, and remember my volume calculations and how to figure all this stuff out. But uh, I'm, I'm, it's what struck me about the homebrewing world now is that there's no, um, it's a lower barrier to entry or maybe it's mm -hmm. because we're like 
more upper middle class than we were 20 years ago. And so I can go, oh, I can afford that. Oh, for, you know, this makes sense for $400. That's totally fine. But right. when I was like 22 and brewing, I was like, there's no way I got a bucket and a spoon. What do I need? <laughs> yeah. I got my $100 kit and I'm using it. That's it. Yeah. It, and it, so it is sort of cool in, in the home brewing world. That there's still room in the industry for weird shit to be made. Mm-hmm. Like someone's making a CO2 recapture system. Up, so yeah. you're, you're blow up. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is this? At a homebrew level, mm-hmm. it's a mylar back yeah. or so whatever. And then at the end of your ferment, you strap this thing on and, and the tail end of your ferment captures CO2. And then you use that hmm. to push into your thing or something like into your keg. I don't even, re- I don't really know. Like who would have thought of that? I think that's really cool. Yeah. What a great I idea. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I started home brewing in probably 1991, I mean, it was like the time is maybe the year after they started packaging hops in mylar instead of paper bags. That that was the kind of innovation that they had going on 30 years ago. Uh, so yeah, the stuff that they have today is is really amazing, and that's one reason I really miss HomebrewCon. Is HomebrewCon you really get a chance to go and talk to the vendors, you see the new stuff, and you kind of take a look at okay, what's new and cool versus what's new and kind of eh, I don't really need that. Right. Hey uh, Cooper, right. have we done one break or two? I forget. I think we just did one. We did one. Okay. Well, that's a good moment to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. This is Dr. Homebrew. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up, you might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Ma'am, I'll need to take your top off for this examination. Oh, doctor. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Thanks for sticking with us. We're about to wrap up here on Dr. Homebrew. Uh, we're talking about just homebrewing in general because I'm I'm back into homebrew. I think a little bit. I'm well, yeah, excited. For I know it. I know a great show you can send your beers into to get feedback on them. And if you want to Is send that- your beers into this show, you just uh, contact Brian at thebrewingnetwork.com. So right. I'll, I'll be I'll be waiting for your email, JP, and we we can get your beer on our show too. Please do. Please wait for my email. I will. <laughs> We email each other every Tuesday. So, yeah, it's not right. Yeah. Uh, All right, everybody. Thanks a lot. Oh, people in the chat are. uh, are, uh, Chat questions. Tie it up, sparge to pre boil volume, boil the original garbage. Yeah, Patrick. I mean, you're, you know, you're not wrong, brother. uh, But I just, I don't know, man. I guess it's very different from how I was homebrewing on my like 1550 or whatever from Morbi, where it's like, these are the measurements. This is the volume. And (laughs) I guess that's what I'm talking about, where. 
getting back into it after even a couple years break, it's like, I don't know what I'm doing. I should have been brewing already, but I'm not. I'm like a little too nervous about it. Yeah, I would say maybe be ready to adjust at the end, like add a little water or, you know, add a little, you know, boil a little longer, you know, if you want, if you're hitting your gravity. Yeah, I don't know. I'll let you know how it goes. I'm excited about it. Yeah. And I, you know what, man? I'm in the exact same boat that you are, that I haven't brewed in about two years. Yeah. You know, I used to have my big system, used to brew outdoors, don't have that yard anymore. Uh, system, baby. Yeah. But, you know, it's, I've got, uh, uh, I was planning on going to more of the Pico based, you know, hey, let's just make this real simple, do two and a half, three gallons at a time. And obviously that's not, not, that's not, not happening. happening. Yeah. Because that's what happens when it's a good system, but when you're dependent on the cloud, whether it's for brewing or anything else, you're dependent on the cloud. And that's for better or worse. If the cloud goes away, you're kind of fucked. And that's not the first cloud-based brewing software system that has sort of gone belly up. And it's sad because that's sort of our world right now is the technology yeah. of the cloud. And I think that's the future of home brewing to a certain extent about delivering information, delivering data. Yeah. But if we're putting our money into it, I think it's going to make us old heads sort of gun shy about trying new, trying new stuff. And the open source system, like you were talking about earlier, JP, that's a great way to go. On the one hand, it's great if you have people that are committed and want to have an open source and develop something that can be a cloud-based open source system. But the problem is, that's still got to run on some hardware somewhere and someone has to pay for that. And how are you going to pay? How do you make sure that's going to be around? Uh, so you're going to have to have someone be in charge of that somehow, even though it's, if it's going to be open source, you're going to have to sell ads or sell subscriptions or something, even as an open source system. And there's always that risk you run when you're dependent on the cloud. Yeah, for sure. But uh, I don't know. I'm excited about this because it, it does sort of bring back some of the labor, uh, you know, that maybe I missed. I don't know. Um, but we'll see. I'm curious about it. So I'll keep you all posted for sure. Right on. Um, all right, everybody. We should all we should all get like a can of malt extract and a pasta pot and like something in firm. And the three of us should like figure out a time to do this in the next few months. And then we should judge each other's shitty malt extract made in a pasta pot homebrew and see what happens. No. Yeah. <laughs> no I, I temp, it, no temp control. Not, it's not a bad no, idea, honestly. <laughs> no yeah, temp I like control. That. Yeah. It's like the Mad Max brew competition. I've got a, I've got a Mr. Beer right over there. Ah, I bought it at a, at a oh, discount ah, store just ah, for fun, just ah, for fun. Ah, and I had this idea oh, for a homebrew competition in my club. It's uh, like, get a few of those uh, and give a few people the Mr. Beer and see who could brew the best beer with the freaking thing. You know, at, at, uh, when, when I was at More Beer, we, we always took on the, uh, the attitude of, we love Mr. Beer. It's great mm -hmm. because yeah. so many people would come into us after trying Mr. Beer and they go, either I really like it and I want to learn how to do that on a bigger scale or my beer sucked what do i how do i make it better <laughs> so it, it was mr beer like for all the the shit that homebrewers give it and i give it to and whatever because it's very like basic and it makes shitty beer and whatever it's a great entry point into the yeah. hobby from what i, I totally forgot yeah. mr beer yeah you could probably make really great beer in the mr beer if you just you, you know your shit like at our at, at our, our level, level. 
the the problem is it's just the 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 extract was always just warm on the shelf for six months yeah. or a year two years you just never really knew it smelled yeah. like raisins it's just it's just mm. old shit. so yeah their kits were weird <laughs> you know, people would bring in the beers that they that they made with it and be like hey try this and you're like wow this is like watery cider that's cool what is mm. it oh this is my ipa <laughs> Wait, do you have a couple hundred dollars because let me show you how to do this the right way man and you know oh God. that's what happened anyway God. let's get out of here boys all right all right all right thanks a lot everyone for tuning in uh like brian said if you want to get on with the uh the boys here in dr homebrew send an email to brian at the network.com and be prepared to ship some beers out to us and uh, that would be really great and we look forward to this until then uh thanks a lot i don't know i need a better sign off then. we're looking for a few good beers and a few uh, bad ones bad, sure some bad ones too yeah yeah thanks for everybody for uh, watching live man that was really cool i like watching the chat sort of light up there at the end we're talking about homebrew uh that's fun all right everybody uh cheers we'll tasty too tasty <laughs>